The LA Kings started their big six-game road trip with a convincing win over the Senators in Ottawa. We'll talk about Phoenix Copley's Kings debut in net, the return of Alex Ayafalo, and how the Kings' lineup changes, including Adrian Kempe at center, looked for one game. All that and more on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. At last check, we were at 937 subscribers as we try to reach our goal of 1,000 by the end of the month. Thank you to all who have liked and subscribed to this point. And of course, thank you to all who are either listening on the podcast or watching on the YouTube channel. Appreciate your support. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years. 20-plus years at Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast, the weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years and, of course, a passionate L.A. Kings fan for 30-plus years. The L.A. Kings kicked off their six-game road trip last night in the capital of Canada, taking on the Ottawa Senators. The Kings made some lineup changes in their last loss to Carolina and in practice before heading out on the road. As far as the lineup against Ottawa, the top line featured Andre Kopitar at center, Kevin Fiala on the left wing, and Arthur Kaliev being promoted to the right wing. He, we saw that in the third period against Carolina. I guess if there's ever going to be some true uh, shifting of the lines, uh, we'll know that happens when the second line gets uh, broken up, but that has not been the case all year long. Again, Philip Deneau at center, Trevor Moore on the left wing, Victor Arvidsson on the right wing. Uh, we did have a pretty new third line in this one with Adrian Kempe moving to center on the third line. We thought it might be Gabe Velarde, but it is Adrian Kempe. Velarde was playing on the right wing. Alex Ayafalo back from injury, playing on the left wing. And the fourth line was Blake Lazat at center with Jarrett Anderson Dolan on the left side and Carl Grunstrom on the right side. The defensive pairings for the Kings, Mikey Anderson and Drew Doughty, Sean Dursey and Matt Roy and Alex Edler and Sean Walker with Phoenix Copley in net making his L.A. Kings debut. Now, I said on Monday's show that I was intrigued to see Arthur Kaliev on the top line. We know what he can do on the power play, and I was curious to see if starting him on that top line might help his production five-on-five. Five. I thought that uh, Gabe Velarde would uh, be centering the third line. Turns out it was Adrian Kempe, and it might sound weird, but when I saw the lineup watching the, the TV broadcast before the game, and they had the graphic up there of what the lines were going to be. When I heard it, I wasn't sure that I was crazy about it. But when I looked at it, I actually thought, that's a pretty good line. I'm kind of excited to see what they can do. Um, that might be, that may seem kind of weird, but that, I was, that was the way I kind of, when I saw it, I was like, you know what? That might be fun to watch. Um, Alex Ayafalo, of course, great to see him back after missing 23 games with a lower body injury. They said on the TV broadcast, it, it was the longest he's been out due to injury since his junior days. Um, so hopefully it'll that'll be uh, his uh, big injury anytime soon. Um, also on defense, Alex Edler was back in the lineup. He was given the day off against Carolina, being one of the older guys on the team. They've talked about uh, Alex, talked with Alex about occasionally giving him a day off here and there. Uh, turns out he was also apparently a little bit under the weather, so the timing worked out as well. But uh, Tom McClellan said they they planned on giving him kind of a rest day, and then it kind of worked out because he was not feeling all that great as well. So Alex Edler back on the blue line. 
And I was a little surprised to see Phoenix Copley in net with Cal Peterson in the AHL. Copley, of course, is now the backup for now. Um, and I thought we would see Jonathan Quick pretty much uh, for the next few weeks until they played a, a back-to-back game later on in the month. But turns out that uh, Todd McClellan decided this would be a good opportunity to give Phoenix Copley an NHL start, which he hadn't had in a few years, and give uh, uh, Jonathan Quick uh, the night off. So that was certainly interesting going into this one. Uh, as far as the scratches, Samuel Fagimo, Tobias Bjornfoot, Brant Clark uh, scratches, and Brendan Lemieux still on injured reserve, but I understand is back skating and could be back in the lineup here in the new, near future. All right, as for the game against Ottawa, the Kings starting off the road trip, and, well, they started off the road trip and this game uh, on a great note. Uh, two goals in the first two minutes and 15 seconds of the game, and both by defensemen. Uh, Matt Roy scored a minute 35 into the game, putting in a rebound after a point shot from fellow D-man Sean Dursey. And then just 40 seconds later, on the Kings' next shot on goal, Mikey Anderson put in a feed from Blake Lazat at the side of the net, and the Kings had a great 2-0 lead. Now, Ottawa would cut into the lead, making it 2-1 after a power play goal, but the Kings would respond with a power play goal of their own. After some good puck movement, the Kings got a little bit of puck luck. We've been waiting to see a little bit of that for them because it seems like they hadn't been getting that lately. But a pass went off the skate of Trevor Moore, who was at one side of the net, and it went right over to Victor Arvidsson at the other side of the net, who just pretty much tapped it in to make it 3-1 LA. Again, a power play goal. Arvidsson would make it 4-1 with his second goal of the period on a wrist shot, and suddenly we were on hat-trick alert for Arvey after one period. And again, a great start by the Kings. Four uh, goals in the opening period obviously is is great while only allowing one goal so we were hoping this wasn't going to be some sort of uh you know redo of the crazy uh, Kraken Kings game we saw recently uh as for the second period uh the Kings would strike again on their ever improving power play Kevin Fiala scored on a nice after a nice backhand pass from Drew Doughty over on the wing uh that made it 5-1 and that would be it for Ottawa goalie Cam Talbot and the Senators would not score a goal in the second period. So again, Kings offense looking great. Kings defense getting the job done. Third period, the Senators would make it five to three, or excuse me, five to two uh, on another power play goal. Um, but that would be all the scoring. Kings get a comfortable 5-2 win to start their six-game road trip, improving to 14-10 and four on the season for 32 points. Kings are now 6-0-1 in games against the Atlantic Division. That's going to be definitely tested in their next game in Toronto. But so far, the Kings are enjoying playing against the Atlantic Division. Uh, L.A. on the road, now 7-5-2 with that win. That's the exact same record the Kings have at home, 7-5-2. So uh, it's been balanced on both sides, apparently, as far as where the Kings are playing, whether home or road. So again, great win by the Kings. Good production all the way around. The power play gets another goal. There is uh, some issues still with the penalty kill we'll talk about. Uh, so we know what happened. We've recapped the game. Now I want to give you my opinion on what we saw, especially the lineup changes and Phoenix Copley as well. Uh, but first, I need to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From college or from uh, football to basketball, of course, soccer with the World Cup going on as well. Esports they even cover. Uh, they've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those too at BetOnline. It is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to BetOnline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so 
obviously very uh, excited uh, and happy to see the Kings give us uh, a convincing victory. It was pretty much a stress-free night as the Kings led wire to wire uh, in this one. Um, and nice to see the Kings defenders getting involved offensively. And that's something we've seen a lot more this year. And I wanted to look into it to see what the numbers say so far, because uh, again, last year, the Kings didn't have a lot of scoring coming from their defense. So the Kings so far this season have 12 goals from their defensemen. That's currently 14th in the NHL. Again, 12 goals so far this season, the Kings had a total of 21 goals scored by their defensemen all of last season. So the Kings way ahead of the curve from where they were a year ago. Uh, and by the way, for all the issues with Sean Dersey, um, he does lead the team uh, as far as defensemen in points with 18. Um, so he's having a very good year offensively, uh, just like he did last year. Um, he had two points in last night's game. It's currently riding a six game point streak. Again, Sean Dersey's offensive game is definitely an asset for the Kings. Just got to get some of that decision-making ironed out on the back end defensively, uh, and I think he'll be fine. And he had another one of those weird plays uh, last night, and I know Jim Fox, who I t respect so much, maybe he made a comment about uh, this bad decision that Dersey made, um, maybe being because he's playing on his off wing, but I honestly have to respectfully disagree with that. Uh, Dersey had the puck in his own end in the corner. He turned to look for an outlet, and he had all day and he tried to backhand a pass out of the zone through the air, and it was gloved and kept in the zone. Now, it didn't lead to a goal, or, or I don't recall even a scoring chance, but he had a teammate standing on the on the wall at the blue line. He's wide open, just give him the puck, and he just didn't see him, and uh, that, that, that decision is not a good decision by Sean Dersey, and it seems to me when he makes his really, really egregious errors is when he has time. I don't, you know, it, it's 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 so counterintuitive. You know, usually when a player has more time, he is usually going to make a better decision because he can look around and, and scan the ice and see things. But it seems like when Dersey has time to think about it, and certainly there was no bigger case than that in the season opener against Vegas where he had like, what was it? I counted it out like 12, 13 seconds behind the net before he made the, the bad pass. Uh, it seems like when he has more time to think about it, he, he I don't know. I don't know if it were the other way around, if he were making turnovers when he's making a split second decision, then I could see that being um, part of him playing on his offside. But I just, I didn't see that last night, but uh, again, Sean Dersey, he's still young. I, I still, you know, I'm going to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, but um, yeah, he just, I don't know. With I, 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 I'm sure they've talked about it with Sean. I'm sure they showed him the video to say, Hey man, you've got time. There's no need to make some of the decisions you make. I mean, at the very least, just keep this the puck on your stick, uh, and and skate with it until you have a reason to 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 pass it out. So anyway, uh, but still, Sean Dersey uh, leading the Kings defenseman and the Kings blue liners are really contributing uh, offensively this year. Got to show up the defense, and I think the Kings will be one of the better, you know, all around defensive cores in the league. They're they're really getting it done offensively. All right, the Kings' power play continues to sizzle. Uh, they went two for three with the man advantage against Ottawa. Uh, the Kings are now eighth in the NHL on power play percentage at 26%. They were 27th at the end of last year at 16.1%. So going into the season, certainly thought the power play was going to be much better with the addition of Jim Hiller coming over from the Islanders. 
uh, longtime veteran of the NHL who's run power plays in different places like Detroit and Toronto and New York. And his power plays have always been at least good. Uh, and and you thought with the addition of Kevin Fiala, Drew Doughty back, um, you know, Victor Arvidsson going on that second power play unit, that, that, that on the whole, that the Kings power play had to be better than last year. And it took a little while, but we're seeing it now. The Kings power play, uh, especially in the last maybe month or so, maybe one of the best power plays in the entire NHL. And, and again, talked about it before. It's so good to see. It's so good to get excited when the Kings actually are able to draw a penalty and, and get the man advantage, both the uh, the second unit and the first unit now clicking uh, for the LA Kings. Uh, as for the lineup changes, uh, no points for Arthur Kaliev, but I thought he looked pretty comfortable playing alongside Andre Kopitar and Kevin Fiala. So I'm intrigued about that going forward. Uh, Kopi had three assists. Uh, in the game, and Fiala had a goal and assist, so his line mates certainly um, got the job done. That Some of that did come on the power play. Um, the new third line with Adrian Kempe and Gabe Velarde uh, went without a point, but Alex Iafalo, I thought, didn't show much rust in his first game back since mid-October. Uh, he had a great shift on the Kings' second goal of the game. Uh, he got the puck, skated into the Ottawa zone, and his teammates were making a line change behind him, so he was like, well, I'm just going to hold on to the puck. Uh, until we complete this line change and I get some reinforcements. And he had two defenders for Ottawa on him, and he was able to control the puck, keep the puck away from them, and then made a nice pass to Blake Lazat, who was coming off the bench and coming into the zone. He found Mikey Anderson for that second goal of the game. So uh, Alex Iafalo making an impact uh, right away in this one. And again, thought he looked pretty good um not you know you'd have to ask him I didn't read any comments to him about how his conditioning felt or how he felt afterwards but I thought he certainly looked uh frankly like he hadn't missed any time uh he was also out there um trying to kill some penalties as well more on the Kings penalty kill coming up in a bit but I thought at first uh a solid first game back for Alex Iafalo and that was great to see as for Adrian Kempe at center I thought he looked okay um, he didn't end up taking many face-offs, which is something that I was certainly going to look for. Now, it's possible that he wasn't put out there in certain situations to take face-offs. Um, I, I didn't see the official stats, but I tried to you know, just notice any face-offs he took, and he only probably took three, maybe four face-offs the entire game. So that certainly wasn't really an issue as far as him moving over in position. Thought defensively he played fine. Um, he also, you know, has been playing on the Kings penalty kill. So it's not like he can't play defense, but more defensive responsibilities in the faceoffs for Adrian Kempe. Um, but I thought he looked okay after one game. We'll see how it goes uh, going forward. Phoenix Copley. I uh, did not see this coming, uh, but he got the start against Ottawa. Uh, his first action as a member of the Los Angeles Kings that he's now the number two goaltender uh, behind Jonathan Quick. Um, and he didn't see a ton of action in net. I thought the Kings did a pretty good job defensively all around, um, but he was solid, not spectacular, although he did have one great save in the third period, but I would say two saves of note um, for Phoenix Copley. Everything else was pretty routine, but he had a really nice save on Ottawa's Tim Stutzla halfway through the second period, and then a gorgeous skate save on Claude Giroux in the third period. Um, all in all, Venus Copley finished with 31 saves on 33 shots. He picked up his 17th win of his NHL career at his first win since 2019 when he was a member of the Washington Capitals. And uh, again, his first win as a member of the LA Kings. I'm sure, you know, him getting his first start in a Kings jersey, I'm sure motivated the team a little bit. You know, you have a new goalie in net. Um, you know, this is his first NHL start in a while. And I'm sure that's a little extra motivation to try and play, 
you know, defense for him to kind of introduce him to his new teammate, so to speak, on a positive note. It certainly helped the Kings got off to a great start and scored four goals in the first period. And so the rest of the way they, you know, even in the new NHL where scoring is up and you see crazy games, you know, you score four goals in the first period. Uh, I'm guessing the percentages on you winning that game is going to be pretty high. So maybe that helped a little bit and that the Kings felt like we've got enough offense. If we score more, great, but we want to focus and be smart defensively. And I thought they were for the most part. Uh, in that game. So congratulations to Phoenix Copley. I know Mike McKenna, our guest the other uh, night, uh, other day, um, had some pretty complimentary things to say about Phoenix Copley and that he, he thought he was a solid goaltender and he thought that his fundamentals actually were probably better than both Cal Peterson and, and Jonathan Quick. And I, I think we got a little bit of a glimpse of that uh, in the win over Ottawa. I am no uh, expert on goaltending, believe me. Um, but, uh, just, just from that standpoint of a fan and just, you know, my observations, uh, were that he does seem to be very economical in his movement, seems to be very fundamentally sound, doesn't certainly not a ton of movement in net does it, you know, kind of gets it done with positioning, uh, and, and again, just kind of, uh, you know, very nuts and bolts, kind of a goaltender, just fundamentally sound. And, um, I, I think we saw that, um, in his performance, against the Ottawa Senators last night. So congrats to Phoenix Copley. Uh, one start and one win as a goaltender for the LA Kings. So we talked about the Kings power play being so much better than last year, um, but the Kings penalty kill continues to be an issue. Um, both Ottawa goals came on the power play last night, um, but the Kings penalty kill actually wasn't as good as I thought it was a year ago when I went back and checked the stats. The Kings PK right now is ranked 26th in the NHL at 72%. That is not good. Um, and last year, the Kings were 77%, so a little bit better, but actually not nearly um, as, as good as I thought it was a year ago. Um, of course, GM Rob Blake called out the PK uh, in his meeting with the team last week, mentioned that again with the media, and it continues to be something the Kings have to improve on. Uh, and it, it, it's almost, I don't want to say it's canceling out, the Kings great power play. Um, but it certainly, it, it takes away from, you know, the overall performance of the special teams. You've got a great power play and a pretty bad penalty kill. You know, it just, it's like, it's just like in the game against Ottawa, you, you know, you felt like, okay, we gave up a power play goal. They come back and score a power play goal. So it kind of cancels each other out, but that's not what you're looking for. You're not looking for your special teams to cancel each other out. You're looking for your special teams to be special and to give you an advantage uh, and we've seen that so much with, the, you know, a team like the Colorado Avalanche who won the Stanley Cup uh, in large part because of how good their power play was last year in the playoffs against Edmonton. We saw how much better the Oilers power play was than the Kings. So, again, the power play needs to be an advantage, not just a, an equalizer. And I kind of feel like that's what it is right now for the L.A. Kings. So great that the, the power play is clicking, but we got to get that penalty kill playing a lot better. It's something obviously the Kings know about. They're looking to work on and we'll see how they improve on that. Going forward, they're going to get a big test. Uh, I mean, well, they're, of course, the best way is to stay out of the penalty box. But, you know, penalties are getting called. Those, you know, those uh, sticks, stick on stick is now hooking, which you never saw before. But um, anyway, we'll see how it goes. They've got Toronto coming up on Thursday, do the Kings, and uh, they've got a good power play. They've got a lot of talented players. So hopefully the Kings can stay out of the box more often than not. And uh, we can get that power, power uh, penalty kill working along with the power play. And uh, now we're now we're talking about something good. All right, we're going to talk about what is coming up on Thursday's show in just a second. But first, 
I want to invite you to check out Locked On Sports Today. It is a podcast that brings you the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Again, that is Locked On Sports Today. Before we talk about what's coming up on Thursday's show, I did want to mention that the Kings announced on Twitter that two former LA Kings recently passed away. Former Kings goalie Mike Blake and forward Steve Jensen both died on the same day, November the 29th. Also interesting that they were both almost born on the same day. Blake was born on April the 6th, Jensen on April the 14th. Um, Blake was 66 years old and Jensen was 67. Um, These were two former LA Kings that played before my time. So I was not familiar with them, but you know, I being a Kings fan and being someone who appreciates history, I'm always interested to learn more about some of the players that played for the LA Kings back in the day. I I know Jim Fox talked about uh, at least one of these guys, maybe both of them during the broadcast and was, you know, uh, obviously teammates with, with, with one of these guys. Um, uh, As for just a little bit of information on Mike Blake, um, he played collegiate hockey at Ohio State. He then played three seasons in the NHL, all with the LA Kings from 1981 to 1983. He was the nephew of NHL Hall of Fame player and coach Toe Blake. Um, he reportedly passed away after a battle with cancer. Uh, as for Steve Jensen, uh, he played seven seasons in the NHL, including four with the LA Kings. Uh, the Minnesota native was the uh, fifth American player ever in NHL history to score more than 100 career goals. Um, He was a member of the 1976 U.S. Olympic hockey team, and after his NHL career, he was very well known for owning and running the Heartland Hockey Camp and uh, had a big influence on a lot of young hockey players over the years. Um, So again, um, condolences to friends and family of former Kings goaltender Mike Blake and former Kings forward Steve Jensen, both passing away on the same day, November the 29th. Again, Blake was 66, Jensen was 67. Coming up on Thursday's show, um, we are again moving up our Friday feedback segment to Thursday because we're going to have a game to recap on Friday. That'll be the game in Toronto against the Maple Leafs. So if you have an email that you want to get in for this week's show, you need to do it uh, before tomorrow. Uh, If you have sent an email in the past week, we will certainly try and read it on tomorrow's show. I did take a peek at the uh, email inbox there at uh, LockedOnEddie at gmail.com. And we have a lot of emails this week, so hopefully we can get to all of them. Um, I usually only check the uh, email box uh, inbox um, once or twice a week. So if you do send an email and you're asking a question and I don't respond until, you know, we get to the show, the feedback show, uh, that's why. But we, I know we do have some emails and some feedback and looking forward to reading some of your questions and answering some of your questions and your comments coming up on tomorrow's show. And maybe, who knows, maybe I will, uh, I will find out how to correctly pronounced Gabe Velarde's name. I got a note from, I believe it was Chris, who respectfully let me know that he loved the show, but that I was not pronouncing Gabe Velarde's last name correctly. Uh, Apparently, I was saying Velarde and not Velarde. Man, it's a minor little thing, but hey, listen, um, you know, sometimes you say things and I usually try and listen to at least some of the shows that I do because I think you, you know, you get, you, you figure out some things that maybe you're Sometimes you don't know you're saying things wrong until you hear it. And this was something that I hadn't really caught in a little bit, you know, like a minor tweak. But, hey, I want to pronounce people's names correctly. Uh, so, again, uh, I will I will make my best effort going forward to say Gabe Velarde and not Gabe Velarde. 
So there you go. And uh, Chris, thank you for the correction. Uh, I actually have no trouble with people pointing out things that I say incorrect uh, because I want to, I want to correct them. I want to do things better. Uh, so anyway, that is going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for watching and for listening. Also, I wanted to mention coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have an update on Cal Peterson in Ontario. Uh, he is expected to make his third start in the AHL coming up later on tonight. I believe they're taking on the Henderson Silver Knights. Uh, Cal so far 2-0. and Hopefully he'll make it 3-0, and but we'll talk about how he fares tonight. Um, I believe, again, that he's going to play in net uh, for the Ontario Reign, so we'll see how Cal Peterson does. If he, in fact, plays, we'll give you an update on his performance coming up later on tonight. Uh, as, as I mentioned, if you have any questions or comments, you can always send me an email. It is lockedoneddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E. We're on Twitter, at LockedOnLAKings, also Instagram, at LockedOnLAKings. Hey, thanks for making LockedOnLAKings your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and beyond the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. I am Eddie Garcia. Thank you so much for listening and watching Locked On LA Kings. Hope you have a great day. And as always, we close out the show by saying, Go Kings, go.